Habits and Health, Episode 80. Welcome to the Habits and Health Podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. Brought to you by an educator and coach for anyone who wants to create a healthier life. Here's your host, Tony Winyard. Welcome to another edition of Habits and Health. My guest today, Dr. Judson Brandis, who is a surgeon and a board certified urologist who currently practices men's health and sexual medicine in Northern California. And he's all about helping men in many different areas. He's written a fantastic book together with many other experts, which is all about helping men. The book is called 21st Century Man, and we're gonna find out a lot more about the book and his approach to his work. And that's coming up very soon. If you know anyone who would get some value from this episode, please do share the episode with them, especially if you know any older guys. Most guys, we don't tend to to go and see a doctor or seek out health help when we need it. So this could be a very useful episode for men in general, but especially for older guys. Habits and Health, my guest today, Judson Brandeis. How are you doing, Judson? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, Tony. Thanks and for so having We're in California today. Yeah, Northern California. And are you from Northern California? I grew up in New York, but I've lived all over the place. Cool. And it, before we recorded, we were just chatting and your family house from Switzerland. Originally, yeah. And so you've been all over Europe, but not to Switzerland yet. <laughs> yeah, I've been all over the UK. So England, Wales, Northern Ireland, Southern Ireland, Scotland. We were talking, I'm a big British history buff. And it sounds like you're quite a traveler as well. I just got that impression. You sound like you've been to quite a few places. Oh yeah, I think it's really important for to understand people, you have to understand where they come from. Uh, and you really, for I see patients five days a week. And so in order to really take care of patients, you have to be able to connect with them right. over something. And having traveled really extensively and lived all over the United States and interested in history, it, there, you have to form some sort of bond right. with patients and get them to trust you. Not only that you know what you're doing, but actually genuinely care about them. And so that's a really good way to connect with someone. Well, and there's also evidence showing that once you've built rapport with a patient, they're more likely to trust you and then it's more likely to work whatever it is you've helped them with as well. Exactly. Well, I mean, the thing is, we all know what to do. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs, exercise every day, don't eat too much, a stretch in the morning, meditate, be nice to other people. If you do that, you're ahead of 90, 95% of people. You'll be pretty healthy. The problem is that life gets in the way. Yeah, yeah. And we need crutches or we need, there's pressure or we listen to advertising. And so we, we tend to do the wrong things for our health. So you've talked about your doctor. Do you specialize in any particular area? Yeah. So I'm a urologist. Right. So I'm a surgeon who specializes in the genitourinary system. And right. I pioneered surgical robotics. I built a kidney stone center. I was a pelvic reconstructive surgeon for women. I pioneered prostate MRI for diagnosing prostate cancer. So I've done a lot of really interesting stuff. But about three years ago, I became really interested in regenerative urology. So helping men who no longer are able to get enough blood flow into the penis to cause a rigid erection, helping them rebuild blood vessels and regenerate the signal that they need to to achieve erections. And what was it that led you to that path? Oh, I, I always like to be the first on the block for anything. And so there's a technology called low intensity shockwave therapy. Right. And then another technology called platelet-rich plasma that are leading the way 
to helping men grow new blood vessels. And so have you, um, you just been helping mostly men now? I only see men patients. Because you've got this wonderful book, The 21st Century Man. I self-published. It's slowly rolling out. If you have a big publisher, they do a big grand opening and whatever. But it was me and 50 or 60 of my friends and colleagues from my journey through medical school and undergraduate and practice. And the thing is, I'm one of those people that I don't know everything about everything. But I know someone who knows about it. We had experts in all aspects of medicine, in nutrition, in exercise, in health insurance, in aesthetics, in lifestyle. It it really, it ended up, it started out about 20 chapters. It ended up as 101 chapters in over 900 pages. Because every time a patient would come in with a problem, I was like, that's a really good chapter. Someone comes in, they're having problems with sleep and they're having erectile dysfunction because of their problems with sleep. And I'm like, we need to write a chapter on sleep. And so that's how a lot of these chapters came to be. So what was the original idea behind the book? It was just to write a book about sexual medicine. Right. Because I'm an expert in sexual medicine and I do clinical research in sexual medicine. In fact, I was the first person to identify a technology to improve the intensity and duration of orgasms in men. Okay. or ejaculation. And then hopefully this year, I'll present my paper on a technology to improve the length, girth, and function of a guy's penis. And so we're doing some interesting stuff. And so I get the impression it's not a book that's meant to be read from page one to page 900. It's just you use a chapter as and when you need it kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Right. What I recommend is for people to read the introduction And part of the introduction is how to use the book and what's in the book. And then the first chapter of the book is called The Hero's Journey, which is based on a concept of Joseph Campbell. Mm -hmm. And really, I believe that for men, you need to see yourself as the hero of your own journey. And when you see yourself as the hero of your own journey, the decisions that you make really come from that. Right? Because a lot of people are out there thinking, oh, Tiger Woods is a hero, or Johnny Depp is a hero, or Will Smith is a hero. Over the past couple of years, we've seen how flawed these people are and how difficult their own interpersonal lives are. Mm-hmm. And don't look at someone else and think that they have it easy. Just really focus on yourself and the decisions that you make, what you put in your body, how you treat other people, how you take care of yourself. And you'll be a lot better off. And I guess one challenge for you with this book is men don't really seem to go to the doctor unless unless their life's being threatened almost. They're just so reluctant to go to a doctor. Yeah. In the United States, our health system is, the British system's got its issues, but the American health system is really messed up. And men are 50% less likely than their female counterparts to go to the doctor. Mm. And we don't go to the doctor until something's broken. If you break a car, you can either buy a new car or you just swap out the parts. Mm. But with a human, that's different. If your arteries are clogged, you can't just strip out the arteries and put new ones in. So do you, can you see a solution to that or a way to change that? That's what the book is all about. The book is all about prevention and early intervention of the issues that affect men. And the thing is... Men are different than women. These are all generalities, of course, Mm -hmm. but you can't tell a man what to do, Mm -hmm. especially in the United States. If you tell a guy what to do, he'll be like, screw you. I don't, who are you? I'm going to do whatever I want to do. So I don't tell guys what to do. For example, 
like I wanted a patient to lose weight. And he was drinking two glasses of wine a day. This is one of my favorite things to do. And I'm up in near uh, Napa Valley. A lot of people in the area drink wine. A lot of people are in the wine business. Uh, and this guy was having trouble losing 25 pounds. And so I said, how many calories do you think are in a glass of wine? And so we looked it up on Google. It's 125 calories in a glass of red wine. I said, drink two glasses of wine a day, right? So that's 250 calories. Multiply that times 365 and then divide it by 3,500, which is the number of calories per pound of human fat. Right. I said, what number do you get? He said, 26. I said, what, what does that represent? So I said, what it represents is the number of pounds of fat that you're putting on your body each year from drinking wine. He said, oh, okay, I guess I should stop. Like, I didn't have to tell him what to do. I just gave him the data. Mm -hmm. And then he made a decision on his own. So what this book is packed with is information like that. And it's not one of these like 900-page books that you could summarize in 10 pages. Mm. It's 900 pages that you could only summarize in 900 pages. It's that information dense on every aspect of men's health that, that there is, really. And now, if you have diabetes, go to the doctor. Don't read my book. Go to the doctor and get your diabetes taken care of. It's not like, it's not to substitute for the doctor. It's how to take care of yourself so that you need the doctor less often, right. that you can live a healthier, more prosperous, happier life. We've established men are much more reluctant to go and see a doctor. Do you think they, would there be reluctance in buying a book like this in the first place for many men? That's a great question. And I hope people like, like you and myself on podcasts and so on and so forth can spread the word. And I hope that when guys hear me, I'm not coming from a place of judgment. I'm not coming from a place of shaming people. I'm coming from a place of I'm providing people information. Mm -hmm. I've gone to some of the top institutions in the United States. My, my training is as good as it gets. I've mm -hmm. been, I've worked with Nobel Prize winning scientists and I feel like I have an obligation to give back. And this is one of the ways that I'm giving back from the privilege of having an incredible education is to write down really everything that I've learned over the past 25 years and the professional network that I've created and distill it down into one book. And then I'm a, I'm a pretty good writer and we made it really kind of fun. We put patient stories in there. I have quotes in front of each chapter that kind of resonate. There's a whole addiction section. So like the chapter on cocaine, I had a quote from Robin Williams, cocaine's God's way of telling you you have too much money. Things like that, you know, people can relate to. Well, you've got it as an audiobook as well, isn't it? So for people who maybe are more yeah. comfortable with listening rather than reading. Yeah. yeah. I had a lot of patients tell me, listen, I listen to stuff in, in, when I commute. I said, okay, mm. we'll do an audiobook. And then other people say, well, I don't want to bring a four pound book when I'm flying. I said, mm -hmm. good, we'll make an ebook. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't, I gave people no excuse <laughs> not to access the information in the book. And that, what's the reaction been since you published it in November? Oh, it's really gratifying. So many people have reached out to me either personally or through email and just said there were chapters in that book that really turned their life around and helped them see their health in a different way. Are you familiar with any particular stories of how it's helped anyone? 
Oh, yeah. I had a patient who was going to get a regular prostate biopsy. And in my prostate chapter, I said, there's, you shouldn't get a regular prostate biopsy anymore. You should get an MRI first and then get a prostate biopsy. And so this guy got an MRI. It turns out he did not have prostate cancer and he didn't get a prostate biopsy. I had another patient who contacted me. Turns out that he did have prostate cancer. Uh, on the MRI, but he had already had two previous prostate biopsies done the regular way, and they were both negative. And it turns out on MRI that his prostate was in a more difficult to access place, but by having a targeted MRI-guided prostate biopsy, they found the prostate cancer. Well, and that's just that's just one chapter. There's, I wrote a chapter, yeah, there's so many chapters in the book that I've never seen in the literature before. Like, the number three cause of death for men in the United States is accidental death. But no one ever talks about that. You hear about mm -hmm. cancer, you hear about heart disease, you hear about diabetes, but it's guys doing stupid stuff. So 90% of eye injuries in the United States are preventable by wearing safety goggles right. or sunglasses or glass, some sort of eye protection, right? Why should somebody permanently blind themselves in one eye because they're too stupid or too proud to wear safety goggles. Right. But it's just those reminders. Sometimes it's just the simple stuff or 50% of hand injuries are preventable by wearing gloves. But these are statistics, right? You're, you go out into the backyard with your Sawzall with no gloves and no glasses and you think nothing bad is going to happen to me. Right. But what I'm coming from is the big picture of statistics if a thousand people go out into the backyard saying nothing bad is going to happen to me, at the end of the day, three of you are going to end up in the emergency room. There's 900 pages. How many chapters did you say there were? There's 101 chapters. Of those 101, which chapter do you think would surprise guys the most? Uh, there are some amazing, like one chapter that guys really need to read, but I've never seen in the men's literature is what men need to know about menopause. Right. What do guys know about menopause? It's yeah. a women's problem, right? Right. But if you don't understand it, it's your problem. Right. Say you're 56 years old and your wife is 53 years old and one day you have a pretty good relationship with her. One day you come home and you don't recognize your wife. She's acting in ways that are totally foreign to you. Mm. If you don't understand that she's going through menopause, you go out and to the golf course and she goes to the tennis court and you complain to your golfing buddies about your wife and your wife complains to her tennis buddies about you and you guys go in different directions. You know, you're mm. still under the same roof, but you're on different planets. Mm. But if you understand, okay, my wife is going through menopause. It's a hormonal thing. She's lost her estrogen. Maybe we should, I should talk to her about estrogen replacement because I know about that because of this amazing chapter in the 21st century man written by a board certified gynecologist who teaches about the subject, lectures nationally about the subject and wrote this amazing chapter or even about the aging vagina. The vagina changes when it goes through menopause. And if you don't use proper lubrication, it's going to hurt your wife or your spouse, and she's not going to want to have sex with you. And so just simple things like that, if you actually understand the changes that are naturally occurring in life for a woman, you'll come out ahead. And if you don't, you'll come out way behind. Is this going to be of more value to say men 50 plus, but it will still be a value to guys in their 30s and 40s, but maybe more value to 50 plus? 
Yeah, I think 40 plus. The other thing is you want to get into healthy habits. Right. Right. So you want, when you're 50 or 55, you want to be like, wow, that Tony, when he was 25, he was really doing the right thing. And I really want to thank that 25-year-old Tony because I'm 55 and I'm in really good shape. And I, whereas I see a lot of folks who really mess themselves up when they're in their 20s and 30s. And let's be honest, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you're pretty much indestructible. I would, when I was a resident, we would go out till two or three o'clock in the morning. And then I'd show up the next day at work at six o'clock in the morning and put in a full day. Hmm. And you have that vitality of youth and energy and testosterone that you could get through the day. But if you do that too much, you beat your body up too much, you're going to be like 20-year-old Tony really set me back. Hmm. I see a lot of professional athletes, football players, guys in their 50s and 60s, and so many of these guys have really horrible orthopedic injuries that they got when they were playing football. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I don't know that they would necessarily say my 20 or 25-year-old self that played professional football really screwed me up, but to a certain extent, that's true. Hmm. And when you're 55, 60 years old, maybe you're saying, gosh, I really shouldn't have done what I did because it really affected the rest of my life in a really adverse way. Before we, we talked about that, because there are so many chapters, it's more of a book rather than reading it from page one to, to the end of reading the chapters that you need at particular times. But then isn't there a possibility that's a very kind of reactive way to look at it? And there's some things that really you should be a bit more proactive so that you don't get the issue in the first place. But how would someone know which chapters they really should be reading to to be proactive so they don't get the issue in the first place? Yeah, there, there are some definitely some sort of more general interest chapters. And if you go through the table of contents, you'll see those circulation. I have a vascular surgeon writing a chapter on circulation. So there's something called a deep venous thrombosis, right? Mm -hmm. So blood clots in your leg. And so I would tell a story about a patient and all the stories in the book come from patients. A patient of mine who was coming back from a business trip from Asia and a very successful business trip, coming back to see his family, fell asleep in his airplane seat after drinking maybe a little bit too much and then woke up, couldn't go to the bathroom because they were flying. So it was basically sedentary for 12, 16 hours in the plane. And then in the cab, started to feel leg pain and then started getting shortness of breath, got to the hospital and he had a blood clot that left his leg and lodged up into the chest. And a lot of people each year, and hundreds or thousands of people in the United States each year die of blood clots that float up to the, from the legs to the lungs. And so that's something that's really important to understand. The circulation affects every one of us. Now, a lot of people don't have cocaine addiction, so don't read the chapter about cocaine, but just go through and pick and choose. There's a ch- chapter on um, hair replacement written by Miguel Canales, who's one of the top hair surgeons in the United States. He's has, got his name on 11 patents on a robotic hair replacement. And someone like myself, that would be a good chapter for me to read. But there are plenty of folks out there with plenty of hair that don't really need to read this chapter. So it's really, it's not a one size fits all, but it's an all encompassing 
book. And then at the end of the book, there's chapters on inspiration written by Brian Banmiller, who's a national news correspondent, someone who's interviewed every president over the past five or six administrations in the United States. There's a chapter on uh, gratitude. You know, that's something that really is beneficial to all of us to reflect on uh, all the great things that we've been given. Mm. Uh, and then a chapter on, on legacy. What do we want people to think about us and say about us after we're gone? Mm. And you, you touched upon circulation just now. And, and obviously earlier we were talking about sort of sexual health and so on. And erectile dysfunction is not just simply a matter of not being able to perform as well sexually. That's a warning sign for many other things, isn't it? Absolutely. A lot of times I talk on podcasts about morning erections, right? Because morning erections are the first sign that things may not necessarily be as good as you think that they are. So mm. in your 20s, we all wake up in the morning, we have good erections. But by the time you hit your 30s or 40s or 50s, depending on what your overall health and circulatory health is, you'll begin to lose those morning erections. That's your first signal that you should be paying more attention to your health. Hmm. So 10 years after you lose morning erections, you begin to lose erections when you want to get them. And that's a really important sign because 10 years after that, you'll more likely have some sort of cardiovascular event, a heart attack, a stroke, you'll need angioplasty or you have chest pain. And so really, the good Lord is giving you 20 years of lead time before mm. that happens. But if you pretend that doesn't exist, or you just order some Viagra online to put a Band-Aid on the problem, you're really doing yourself a disservice. And so if someone is listening to this, and they are in that 20 year window, maybe they're 10 years in, 15, whatever it might be, what steps would you say they should take? The most basic steps are the ones that I talked about in the beginning. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs, don't eat too much, exercise every day, stretch every day, do a little meditation, be nice to other people. Be nice to other people brings your stress levels down. And so what stress does right? So it's not just being nice to people, right? If you're nice to other people, you'll likely have less stress. Mm -hmm. Stress produces hormones. Mm -hmm. One is adrenaline. That's the hormone that you get if you're being chased by a bear. Mm -hmm. And the other is cortisol. So cortisol is a chronic stress hormone, right? And those stress hormones will narrow blood vessels. By narrowing blood vessels, your blood pressure will go up and your heart will have to pump harder. And that will affect your longevity. And that will affect delivery of blood flow to the periphery, to the legs, to the feet, to the hands, to the genitals. So it's being nice to people is nice, but also being nice to people will decrease your stress levels mm -hmm. and decreasing stress levels will make you healthier. So mm -hmm. our, the, the, our psychology is very closely linked to our physiology. And what about people who say, are being, I don't think sensible is the right word, but they are, say, maybe going to the gym. They are working out. They're, they feel that they're pretty fit, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to get any health issues. What sort of things maybe should people be on the lookout for, even if they do think they're fit? Oh, yeah, that's, that's foundational. And then there's the book has tons of stuff sort of that goes beyond that in terms of screening tests, screening for colon cancer, screening for prostate cancer, screening for lung cancer. There's chapters on eye health. There's certain vitamins like lutein that you should be taking for eye health. 
There's there's certain supplements and thing and medications that you should be taking for cardiovascular health. So each of these things really delves into a specific subject. So you may exercise, but you may have obstructive sleep apnea that affects your sleep. And sleep is such an important part of overall health that people don't quite understand. So for example, sleep is when you get nighttime erections. So it's what helps keep the penis in shape. There are different phases of sleep, but the middle phase of sleep is physical revitalization, rejuvenation. So when you're actually working out in the gym, you're not actually building muscle. What you're doing is creating micro tears or damage to the muscle that during sleep, you repair. And that's how you build muscle, right? If you're not getting good sleep, but you're going to the gym all the time, guess what? You're not going to build muscle. Mm. Uh, and then the third part of sleep is psychological rejuvenation. So if you're missing that third part of sleep, that dream sleep, that's when you replay all the events of the day and psychologically process those things. If you don't get that part, all of those psychological issues that occur during the day are going to linger. Mm. The other thing that happens during at night when you're asleep is you produce testosterone, right? So when is your testosterone highest? First thing in the morning, right? Eight o'clock in the morning. And as the day goes down, your testosterone goes down till about three, four o'clock when your testosterone bottoms out, which is in Spain where they go take a siesta. But there's a reason for that, right? Because you get tired because your testosterone's low, the, d- the day's getting long and your testosterone doesn't start to go back up until you go back to sleep. Right. And then when you go back to sleep, your t- testosterone goes back up till eight o'clock in the morning, you wake up and then your testosterone's back to normal, hmm. right? So if you're not sleeping, you're not revitalizing your testosterone. So there, there's so many, our body is such a complicated, complex system. And so you really, it's t- to be running on all cylinders, you have to understand how to optimally take care of yourself. And even when one little thing goes wrong, how many times have you gotten a paper cut and it just like bothers you or something goes wrong with a tooth or you bite your tongue and one one of those little things just throws you off. Humans are different. If you ever, I love watching nature programs uh, and I'm really inspired by nature. And when you watch these nature programs, the animals on these programs are just so incredible and majestic and optimal physical condition. Because if they're not, they die. Mm. They get eaten by something. Humans are different. You can be 100 pounds or 200 pounds overweight and no no one's going to eat you. Yeah. Um, but nature really is pushing us towards being optimized physically, mentally, emotionally. You talked about just now about supplements. And as men get older, there's a greater need for things like protein, isn't there? Absolutely. I recommend for my patients to take their weight in pounds, divide it by two, and eat that many grams of protein a day. Or just take the number of kilograms, eat that as a baseline. Hmm. Don't eat any less than, if you're a 70 kilogram guy, eat 70 grams of protein a day. And in what form? That's up to you. Um, the, in the book, there are nutritional recommendations. I'm not a nutritionist. And so I, what I know is people try to make it too complicated. Right. At the end of the day, proteins get broken down into amino acids. Mm-hmm. And then amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. So it doesn't matter whether you get protein from beef, pork, eggs, fish. 
lentils. At the end of the day, it's going to be broken down into amino acids. And then those amino acids are the building blocks of the proteins that you're going to build that you need. I don't know necessarily that any one protein is better than other proteins. Yeah, I'm sure there are going to be people out there that will disagree with me. And it's just really based on my own sort of ignorance of nutrition. But at the end of the day, I see tremendous athletes who eat meat. I see tremendous athletes that are vegan. I see mm. tremendous athletes that are eat both. What's the answer? I don't know. There's, we hear a lot about older, as people get older, they should, grip strength is important. It's important to be building muscles. A lot of people maybe don't understand what, why it's important. What would you say is the reason? Oh, gosh, that's, the, that's critically important. Right. So I have a something called the Brandeis MD Male Rejuvenation Protocol. And if you're interested in it, I have a free ebook. If you go to my if you go to my website, which is brandeismd.com and then go to media and then drop down to ebooks, it's a free ebook. And so the thing the first thing you gotta understand is everyone dies. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets weaker. Mm -hmm. And that really begins to accelerate at the age of 60. So if you look at the, one of the slides that I put up for uh, in a lot of my talks and for when I see a lot of my patients is the world record for the 100-yard dash in running, right? Mm -hmm. From 20 to 60, it's relatively flat, right? 60-year-old mm -hmm. can run really fast down the track. Mm -hmm. But after the age of 60, there's a pretty significant decline in the world record, right? right? So just you have to accept when you turn 60 – you're going to physically decline. Mm. Even if you're in, you're working out three, four hours a day, you have trainers, you're taking the right supplements, you're eating the right foods, even the people that are doing everything right decline at a much greater rate than you did between 20 and 60. And then after 80, that decline accelerates even faster. Right. right? So you want to get to age 60 in optimal physical condition. Right. And what I see a lot is men, because I have a, a very sophisticated body composition analysis machine in my office. Mm -hmm. People have weak legs and they're 20, 30, 40 pounds overweight. Right. Okay. And so what happens? A lot of guys focus on upper body, right? Because it's a little bit easier to build, right? And chicks love guys with big pecs and big arms. And But at the end of the day, that's fairly useless when you get to 60 years old. Hmm. What really gives you quality of life is the quality of your glutes, your quads, your calves, because that supports your weight. Right. And then the more weight that you have to support, the more difficult it's going to be for you to get around, the more exhausted you're going to be at the end of the day. I have a little backpack that I put on my patients that's about 30 or 40 pounds. And I said, this is what you're carrying around all day every day. If I had to carry that around all day, every day, I'd be exhausted. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, well, I'm exhausted at the end of the day. So really what I focus on with my patients is building muscle, especially in the core, because that's really important for spine health and for the legs, because mm -hmm. that's important for getting up and out of a chair, walking up and down stairs, traveling, playing with the grandkids, and getting rid of that weight because if you have weak legs and you're top heavy, guess what happens? You fall. Mm. And when you fall, there's a 50% chance you'll be dead in five years. And even if you're not, 
you don't recover when you're older like you did when you were younger. Hmm. And how come? And there's a number of reasons, right? You're not as physically active. Your hormones have declined. Your nerves don't work as well as they used to. Your mitochondria don't work as well as they used to. They don't produce as much ATP. Your GI tract doesn't absorb protein like we talked about the way that it used to. It doesn't absorb macronutrients like vitamins and minerals, right? And then we live in a, a world with all this sort of toxic sludge floating around us and processed foods. And I'm not an expert on that, um, but I know it really can't be good for you. Mm. It was really interesting. I saw an article, sorry to, to digress, but I saw an article, you know, I'm blessed to live in California where we grow a lot of the food in the United States. And so the nutritional quality of the food in California is much higher than it is in most of the other parts of the United States. And that's because you pick food and it sits in a cold room for a couple of weeks and then it gets transported. And then by the time it reaches North Dakota, the nutritional content is depleted significantly. Hmm. And the soil quality is much less than it used to be as well, isn't it? I actually, I know a little bit about that because I have patients who are in that space and absolutely. Hmm. There's actually, it has a lot to do with bacteria. Hmm. So pesticides kill bacteria and fungus are really critically important for helping produce better produce, helping the roots of trees. And uh, so I have a patient who has a company that produces the bacteria that helps soil. And when they spread that in soil in the Central Valley, the yield, crop yields double. So you touched upon just now how the importance for older people to be maintaining sort of fitness, but doing some kind of exercises. What kind of, what forms of exercise do you typically recommend to older people? Yeah. So I have a, as part of my physical rejuvenation protocol, it's called ABC, mm -hmm. right? Ambulate. So do something with, on your feet, whether it's walking, running, elliptical, Stairmaster, something. And you got to sweat. If you're not sweating, it doesn't count. Right. And I use the American Heart Association recommendations, which is 220 minus your age times 0.75. So you got to get your heart rate up. And it's, it's a very simple formula. And the American Heart Association recommends 160 minutes of cardiovascular exercise a week. So if you do four days a week, 40 minutes. So A is ambulate, B is bike, mm -hmm. right? So get on a bike, whether you're getting on a bike or a spinner bike or whatever. And you can substitute swimming for this. You can substitute rowing for this. I just, I like the ABC, ambulate bike. And then the third day is circuit training. So choose a, a bunch of muscles, biceps, triceps, uh, pecs, glutes, and you can do it without weights. You can do it with weights. You can do it with bands. I don't care how you do it. Just do it and do 40 minutes of just string these exercises together. Do it as a circuit. Don't take too much time between exercises so that you get a cardiovascular workout at the same time. The thing is, the reason for ABC is that you need three days to recover from a workout. Right. If you're my, my son, he's 16. He doesn't need any time to recover from it. He needs 24 hours to recover from a workout. But I'm 55. I need three days to recover from a workout because I'm tearing muscle down and then I'm rebuilding that muscle. Hmm. 
if I keep all those poor people that got Pelotons during COVID and we're just riding the Peloton every day or every day, they got cardiovascular fitness, but they didn't build muscle in their legs because they keep tearing down muscle. And during COVID, it was really hard to get protein. We were eating a lot of carbs, um, but it was really hard to get fresh fish, fresh meat, so on and so forth, because we weren't going to the grocery stores as much and the, the supply chains and all that kind of stuff. So all these people are eating basically complex sugars, hmm. hoping to build muscle, but it doesn't work that way. Hmm. You need amino acids. And what about when people turn around to you and say, oh, that's too difficult. That's too much. I can't do that. I can't do it with all that circuit training. Sorry. I look my patients in the eye and say, listen, I'm not your mother. I'm not going to go home with you. I'm not going to henpeck you and tell you to do this. I got my own problems. Hmm. I got all sorts of stuff. I got four teenagers and I got a wife and I got three companies and I don't have time. I can let what I'm doing for you right now is I'm laying out a program, a plan based on 25 years of practicing medicine, based on really genuinely caring for patients, based on doing clinical research at American Red Cross, at Harvard, at UCLA, based on reading, going to meetings, exploring new technology. I feel like I'm as qualified as anyone hmm. to produce a really solid plan for helping men rejuvenate themselves, to get themselves back into shape. But if you don't follow it, that's your problem. It's not my problem. I don't have, there's not enough hours in the day for me to worry about your problems. Right. You got to be the hero of your own journey. We've been talking about this amazing book, The 21st Century Man. So while we're on the topic of books, is there a book that comes to mind that's really moved you for any reason? Oh boy. That's a, that, there's so many books, but at the same time, I don't read nearly as much as I need to because <laughs> I'm so busy sort of creating content. You know, the, the one book that really inspired me, I think, was Tools for Titans. Okay. Written by Tim Ferriss. And that, there was just a series of interviews with really outstanding, interesting people. And so I picked and choosed from, from all of, of those folks. I really like books that are densely packed with information. And if you look at my book and Tim Ferriss's book, they're exactly the same size. Right. They're, there's exactly the same layout. I just, I like the way that he presented the information. I like the way he laid it out. Hmm. And, and so that's probably the book that's influenced me the most over the past sort of 10 or 15. So if people want to find out more about you, they want to get the book, they want to maybe contact you on social media, where should I go? Yeah. So the website for the book is called the 21st Century Man, all written out in letters. So the 21stcenturyman.com. And there's information on the authors. There's me reading certain chapters in the book. So you get all sorts of good information about the book. And there's a way to purchase the book, either as an ebook, a hardcover book. I recommend the hardcover book. There's mm -hmm. just something very uh, visceral about holding a four pound solid hardcover book. And my book will never go in a limp soft cover. It's always going to be a hardcover <laughs> book. And then also an ebook. And then my Medic practice website is brandeismd.com, B-R-A-N-D-E-I-S-M-D.com. And then I have a line of men's health supplements called Affirm Science. So it's A-F-F-I-R-M science.com. And then I have Instagram and I have LinkedIn and oh, my YouTube channel is really good. Just go to brandeismd, B-R-A-N-D-E-I-S-M-D.com. So I put a lot of my lectures there and my, my clinical research lectures and my patient lectures. 
So a lot of the stuff that I do, I'll put up there. Well, and we'll have all of those links in, in the show notes as well. So awesome. Finally, to finish, is there a quote that, that you particularly like for any reason? Yeah, and what I keep coming back to is you are the hero of your own life's journey. To me, that really says it all. At the end of the day, if you don't want to follow anything in the book, there are consequences. I'm, I'm here as a physician to, to help you understand what to do. It'd be like if I went to my financial advisor and he said, it's important to have a diversified portfolio and have some stocks, have some bonds, have some real estate, have a little cash on hand. And I said, yeah, that's great. Thanks a lot. But I'm going to put all of my money in Netflix because <laughs> I think Netflix is great. And then, and then Netflix drops 80% the next day. And now I have 20% of the money that I used to have. You know, that's my fault. It's not anyone else's fault. I feel like I'm really well qualified to help men live a healthier, better, happier life based on all the things that I've learned over the past 25 years. Mm. But at the end of the day, if you don't follow the vice in the book, there are consequences of, of those kind of decisions. Well, Judson, thank you for coming on and sharing you know, some great information. And thanks for the wonderful book as well, because I, I mean, there's so much information in there. It's incredible. So this should be really helpful to, it's just, as you say, getting a message out to guys to actually buy the book in the first place. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me on. I really appreciate it. You were you asked fantastic questions. Thank you, Jetson. Next week is episode 81 with Cheryl Cowell, who is an ex-banking professional turned integrative health practitioner and health coach. And she's very passionate about supporting women in perimenopause and menopause to live with radiant energy and to feel strong and sexy in body and mind. And she's been running one-to-one -one and group coaching programs to help women achieve this goal so we're going to talk a lot more around menopause and perimenopause and hormonal shifts and and much more so that's next week episode 81 with cheryl carroll hope you enjoyed this week's episode with judson if you know anyone who would get some value from this especially if you know any older guys because there's so much valuable information that a lot of older men really should listen to and then please do share it with them and hope you have a great week. Thanks for tuning into the Habits and Health Podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. You can also sign up for email updates and learn about coaching and workshop opportunities at TonyWinyard.com. See you next time on the Habits and Health Podcast.